Everyone and welcome back to another episode of N Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. I am now the only one without a Switch OLED. <laughs> uh, well, that may change by the end of this year, depending on a conversation we're about to have. Uh, also with us is indie games editor Campbell Gill. I'm now proud to finally be, for the first time in my life, a cool kid, because I have, for myself, a Nintendo Switch OLED model. Uh, Campbell, uh, certified cool kid, Campbell certified cool kid Gil, is on joining us on the pod. I'm honestly glad you made time to hang out with us nerds. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I know. Um, taking time on my extremely busy, super cool schedule. Yeah. yeah, your super cool schedule of wearing leather jackets and slicking back your hair and shooting finger guns at people. Mm-hmm. Uh, hitting a jukebox and saying, hey, like, yeah, we, we get it. We, you, you made the time for us, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Hello, fellow uh, kids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Campbell. Uh, so, I don't even know how to start this. Uh, so, Nintendo released a, a lot of really cool, uh, not necessarily related to games, uh, some, just some cool products coming out. We wanted to talk about it. Uh, Camp, uh, as Mark was alluding to in his introduction, a Splatoon 3 Switch OLED variant was revealed. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Are, is this going to make make you pull the trigger? What are, you, what are your thoughts and feelings? I'm still going to say no, even though I really love okay. this design. And the reason okay. I say that is because the Switch is going to be almost six years old by the time mm-hmm. this one releases. And you know what that means. We're talking about the next console by that time so my answer is no i'll be sticking your answer is is hold out see what the next thing revealed is and kind of go from there although campbell did make a good point to me behind the scenes he said that maybe we'll see like a switch light oled Mm -hmm. and i think that's likely i feel like that's the only likely new switch iteration we'll see Mm -hmm. but otherwise else i think we're at a point where it's like we're gonna see the next console in due time yeah, because if you really think about it, there is no reason for the Switch OLED model to be a standard Switch. Because the only benefits that the OLED model has over the base Switch is a better screen, a bigger screen, and a better kickstand. All things that would be great to have for a Switch Lite. You know, so, <laughs> like you only get benefits from the Switch OLED when you're not playing it in docked mode. So it would make total sense for Nintendo to add a companion piece alongside the Switch Lite with a, an OLED light. I mean, that's exactly what they did with the, the 3DS and the 2DS, then mm-hmm. the 3DS XL, the new 2DS XL. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I, I was actually messing around with my new 2DS XL over the weekend um, because Nintendo had a great big sale. So it was kind of fun to bust that out and be like, okay, wait, what do, you know, what do we, what games do I want to buy on sale? Um, a Switch light OLED model would be extremely cool. Although Campbell, one point of contention, I don't think that they would include a kickstand 
with that iteration there. Yeah. Right? You see, because I Switch thought Lite... that at the same time after I said that. So ah, I, I retract okay, that I... statement. You should retract that statement. This is, uh, we, listen, we own up to our mistakes uh, on this podcast. <laughs> Even uh, a cool let it be kid known. can admit to his mistakes. Yeah. That's what makes you the coolest kid of all, is mm-hmm. you are able yeah. to recognize, you're able to look in the mirror and, <laughs> and really reflect on your, on, on your on mistakes. My, on my stupid Switch predictions, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but yeah, the coloring is really cool. It's a Splatoon 3 inspired uh, Switch OLED model. It has kind of a uh, the the Joy-Con are are fun colors and with like cool Splatoon Octoling, graf- yeah, Octo- there you go kind of Octoling like graffiti designs. Um, there's a, a, a kind of a purpley blue one on the left Joy-Con and the right one is kind of yellow and green. Has kind of a kind of a cool um, what's the word I'm looking for like the the gradient effect when it like a, like an ombre effect when it when it fades from one color into the next um the oh, the dock yeah, itself yeah. the dock itself actually looks really cool a lot of the times the dock like i don't know like i could the dock i never look at the dock i don't know how you guys have your have your switches yeah. set up but i <laughs> my my dock is actually sideways so i literally do Ooh. not see the front of the dock when i'm playing my switch in dock mode um but the front of this one actually looks kind of cool. It has a big blot of ink that's like bright yellow in the corner, and then it's got a lot of just like, just like cool art. I've always enjoyed the the, the Splatoon aesthetic. Um, a couple of years ago, Nintendo re- maybe it was last year, Nintendo released a, a limited line of uh, Splatoon clothing. They like they like partnered with some famous oh, designer. Yeah. Do you remember that stuff? That. Uh, it was yeah. really awesome. It, like all the shirts were like kind of looked looks like cool mm-hmm. streetwear paint and yeah. exactly and like cool like not not japanese but like just like cool like whatever the splatoon language is like all over the shirts really cool stuff so the uh the the dock kind of reminds me of that a little bit um so the aesthetic is extremely good the vibes are very good but at the end of the day uh it's what mark said it is just another oled model um yeah. nothing nothing special uh um <laughs> with this with this particular switch uh I know we we've touched on this briefly when we talked about the various 3DS special editions. Um, I I've never been like a special edition guy. I, I like I it, like it doesn't even. I guess I'm fortunate in this regard in that it does not. It never crosses my mind. Uh, like, let me I, tell you about my Mario Luigi Dream Team 3DS and my Majora's me. Mask 3DS. <laughs> the, the Majora's Mask 3DS is the only one where I where I'm like, damn, I wish I would have jumped on that when I had the chance. But other than that, I I'm like, eh, I doesn't like I don't I don't really think about it. Um, like I know PlayStation has a ton, particularly yeah, with the the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. They had so many limited editions. There's the God of War PlayStation 4. Uh, they, they had a, a full on Spider Man uh, uh, PlayStation 3 at some point. It was like bright red. Uh, like there, there's I don't know. There's, there's all these limited editions of consoles. For me, it's never really been a, 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 a something I think about. Uh, although Nintendo's been kind of pioneering that since the Nintendo 64, well, since the Game Boy Color, really. You could get all the different colors of the Game Boy Color. Uh, I still wish they would bring back the see-through version uh, of, of all their devices. Like, yeah, I'm surprised they haven't see- done that for yeah. the Joy-Cons. See-through yeah, Joy-Cons would be yeah. incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, sp- I'm thinking specifically of, uh, I don't remember the name of the color. It was like... Translucent? Tra- it was like, it was like, it had a funky name, though. Because it was like a purple translucent... I'm think thinking was... specifically of the Game Boy Color. Uh, it might have just been translucent. I don't know. But I know the Game Boy Pocket and the Game Boy Color had some really sick uh, kind of translucent plastic, which was awesome. And, yeah, it is sort of strange that they haven't dipped into that for the for the Switches. Because, like, 
I would absolutely buy a pair of Joy-Con that were see-through. Like, I, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Um, so that would be sick. But that said, the the Splatoon 3-inspired uh, OLED, it's, it's, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, I'm more excited for Splatoon 3 than I am for the Splatoon 3 OLED. How about that? Right. Uh, which it doesn't come with the game. Yeah, which no, which I mean, that's very silly. Yeah. I was Nintendo about to bring that up. so many times. They release oh, a special God. edition of a Switch like a month before the game that it's mm. themed after it comes out. They did the same thing with Smash. Um, Pokemon. They, Pokemon, exactly. Twice. No, yes. wait, three times they did it. They did it three times. Sword yeah. and Shield, oh, yeah. Let's Go, and uh, Diamond and Pearl. You're totally right. It's that's, a scam. I, I, that's <laughs> They're just trying to get you to buy funny. a console and a game at the same time. And especially if it's Pokemon, then you got to buy two games to get the full experience. So. It's almost like they value their software, Campbell. What? <laughs> You're telling it's me all- that Nintendo, the company that never lowers the prices on its games, values its software? <laughs> Hey, Nintendo's having a, a very huge summer sale right now. You can get Mario Odyssey for $42, okay? Oh, my God. A f- <laughs> nearly five-year-old game for 42 bucks. I hate that that sounds like a good deal. Steve, Nintendo has just gaslit me into thinking that $42 is a, a great deal. It's it's funny. I mean, again, you guys know my my. I will start ranting and raving if we start talking about price in regards to video games. So don't 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 let me spin up my engines. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, but in in more fun. Listen, in a in a completely unrelated to hardware, uh, Nintendo product announcement. Uh, we still we came in still expensive, <laughs> but also extremely awesome, and uh, definitely do want. Uh, we we right before we started recording, we watched the reveal trailer for a, a new Lego <laughs> Mario set, the Mighty Bowser. A it's probably like what a foot tall uh, Bowser Lego set. It looks unbelievable, uh, incredibly detailed, all kinds of fun little thingies they worked into it. The Bowser could shoot fireballs. He can move. He can open his mouth. Uh, it has interactivity with the other Lego Super Mario sets, the electronic ones, uh, which, to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of, but I think it's cool that they're putting some kind of crossover in there. Uh, I went from... This is a three-minute reveal trailer. If you go on YouTube, you can check this out. It's a Lego Super Mario Mighty Bowser reveal. Uh, I went from the start of the trailer being like, all right, I'll watch this reveal, to be like, damn, when can I when can I order this? Um, I don't know. As someone who has the the Super Mario 64 uh, Lego block on my shelf behind me, I, I'm extremely excited to add this to the collection. I don't know. How, how do you guys feel about this? I mean, I gotta say that I knew nothing about this set even existing until like two minutes before we started recording. And then just actually watching the trailer, it's incredible. The trailer is presented by a guy with a slick back hair, a twirly mustache, wearing a leather jacket. Like, this is a human embodiment of Bowser, I think. And he's just... Yeah. So cool, and I want to be that man. I want to be a man who holds a Lego Bowser. So and you're so saying I'm you're not the this. cool kid? No, I'm not. I'm. I think I'm a cool kid. He's the coolest kid. You know, yeah, like I'm uh, on the hierarchy. <laughs> I'm like at the bottom yeah. of the pyramid, and Lego Bowser man is at the very top. Yeah, uh, and to be clear, this guy's name is Carl Merriam. He is a senior designer over at Lego. And God, like, his name is Carl. <laughs> he's so Carl. Cool. That's that's how you know he's cool. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, like what a kick-ass job to be a senior designer over at Lego. Like that's extremely cool. And so good shout-outs to Carl. We, yeah. we, we like you. And they're talking about you. like the des- the way that the set is designed is inspired by like puppetry and the way that the limbs interact with each other and these legs like flop as you pick up Bowser. Like there's so many details in this set that are just absolutely mind-blowing and how they pulled that off in Lego form always just it's it's boggling to the mind. You know, it's, it's cool. This is too much for me. I think one one thing that I've always uh, appreciated about about both of you guys is that um, Mark, uh, every time there's a new awesome Lego set, you're like the first to drop it in the chat. Like, holy crap, have you yeah. guys seen this? Like, <laughs> like it's great. Like, like we send each other pictures of like whatever cool Legos we bought. Like, I think one thing, not to be like again, this is a video game podcast, whatever. But like Legos never go out of style. Mm-hmm. For somehow, like they're they're truly timeless, and I think that one of the awesome things about this collaboration they've been doing with Nintendo lately is that like Nintendo, especially the classic Mario stuff, is is also timeless in a similar way that Legos are, and it's cool to see some of that carry over into sets like this, where it's like it's an iconic Bowser design. Uh, you can tell very clearly inspired by Mario sixty four. Like it looks very blocky, very polygonal. Um, and yet it's also like drawing inspiration from, uh, as Campbell mentioned right before we start recording, it's drawing inspiration from, uh, Bowser's Fury for sure. Like even the trailer has like heavy metal music playing kind of similar to when mm-hmm. Bowser shows up and, and, yeah. and Bowser's Fury. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool to see the, the crossover of, uh, of Nintendo and Lego together. I don't know. I, it's right. something I never, I thought I would have seen or appreciated, but the more Nintendo and and Lego kind of lean into each other, the more I'm like, yeah, like I'm I am here for this collaboration and, and interested to see what they cook up with next, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just yeah. so wonderful to see, especially because like growing up, I would watch all these ideas for Nintendo themed Lego sets pop up on Lego Ideas and get the ten thousand signatures and everything like Lego Zelda sets, Metroid oh, sets. Yeah. I would watch those and be like, wow, this would be amazing to actually have a Nintendo themed Lego set. But just knowing Lego, knowing Nintendo, they'll never actually make it happen. And now here we are, however many years later, and it's happening, and it's great, <laughs> you know. And I, what I really like about Lego's approach to this is how you have the um, electric Mario sets, where these with these really bizarre-looking Mario minifigs and whatever. Like I think they look kind of lame, honestly. But I recognize that they're I, fun I, for kids yeah. to play with. And then you have these really amazing fan servicey ones, like the question block or the upcoming Bowser one, which, in addition to all the inspiration that you mentioned Cameron I also got big Mario Galaxy vibes from this sure with the yeah. pillars that are in the background the way he looks when you hold him up looks a lot like when Bowser is jumping during his boss fights in the Galaxy games like there's just so many references rolled into one it's just so crazy to see how far we've come in the relationship between Lego and Nintendo it's really awesome um and, and it's interesting to see I mean, I don't know. It's always fascinating to me to me to see which properties or which you know brands or whatever that Lego will kind of tie themselves onto. Like obviously the Lego Star Wars stuff, incredible. It's led to a million. <laughs> well, it's true. It's it's led to a million great video games. Like on no, top. No, I was about of, to say. Do you have? Yeah. Do you have any of the upcoming sets on pre-order? 
I don't. I don't. I, I, I do. guys. I, I my apartment <laughs> is my apartment is uh, it's a it's a decent size apartment in 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 Los Angeles, but it's not uh, shelf space is not unlimited. So I gotta <laughs> I gotta draw the line somewhere. Um, I say that as I stare at the box that has my Death Star diorama, the the, the, the trench run diorama that I haven't built yet. Oh uh, my God. That I'm that I'm just gonna I'm gonna block out some time this weekend maybe and try to knock that. I out. got a BD one on pre order. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, oh, damn. Uh, not to get completely sidetracked and talk about Legos the entire podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I, again, we, we mentioned the, uh, the, the Super Mario 64 inspired, um, Lego set. Campbell, you, you mentioning Mario Galaxy a second ago made me like, oh, like I had a, a moment of like, oh my God, why haven't they done this yet? Like, like imagine, imagine if you will, uh, take a journey with me. Uh, if, if Lego made a Galaxy inspired set, like so, instead of it's a you know instead of the question block, it's like I don't know, it's like it's like a little planet or something, like something from Galaxy. Yeah, you know? what about like Gusty Garden Galaxy? Or that's what I'm saying. Or, yes. Oh my God, what if they did Rosalina's Observatory? That's like, that what I'm really exactly. saying. Oh, oh, either my God. that or like Starship. Or, Mario. I was gonna say or the face ship from mm-hmm. uh, Galaxy Two. That yeah. would be amazing. Any one of these. Yes. Oh. I'm literally wow. getting goosebumps dream. right now just thinking. About I it. right, like it's it's like listen, Nintendo, <laughs> so uh, Lego, perfect. you can have the Lego, you can have that idea for free. We'll we'll give it to you. Like it's fine. I'll buy the set. Like you don't have to pay us or any royalties or anything. Like mm-hmm. just go, just please make it. I don't care <laughs> if that set turns like into a thousand dollars or whatever. I will go into debt. To okay, buy well, this Lego set. So. Uh, let's let's okay, let's let's roll that back a little bit. Uh, let's. Uh, I will pay up to two hundred at max. There you go. <laughs> let's, let's dial it back a little bit. Why are you so uh, responsible, Mark? That's not somebody's got cool it. Listen, uh, Campbell, we can't all just control. impulse buy impulse buy a switch OLED at the drop of a hat. Okay, we can't With all do neon that. white. And I saw you were playing Donut County, and you didn't even tell us. Yeah, I'm playing Donut County. I'm <laughs> sorry, not for notifying well, you, you about everything I do. But I literally got that for free with my gold points I had. Uh, oh, nice! Solid yeah. choice. Yeah, no, I, I finished that over the weekend. It's truly it's delightful. Great. Yeah, one I of the most. Uh, we're not. I know we've we've mentioned Donut County in the past, and not not to completely sidetrack this podcast. And usually we do our indie shout outs at the end, but uh, Donut County, one of the most well written games I've maybe ever played. It's Honestly? so funny, so delightful. Yeah. Um, all the item descriptions. Uh, anyway, uh, That's great. <laughs> if you haven't played, if you haven't played Donut County, like. What are you waiting for? Uh, it's always on sale. Uh, you can get it on Switch for for pretty cheap. Even when it's not on sale, it's still a cheap indie game. Um, Neon White is is gonna be. I, I think I could say this without like any hyperbole. It's gonna be among the top games of the year for sure. Uh, okay. And so if you kind of want to see like where Ben Esposito was before Neon White. I think Donut County is, is well worth the you know the couple hours it takes to play. And then, um, if you want to yeah. know how that inspired him for Neon White, you can go yeah. check out my interview. Uh huh. <laughs> this is called Very cross promotion, funny. ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Um, just uh, yeah, of course we're referring to Mark's fabulous interview with Ben Esposito uh, from a week or two back. Um, yeah, everybody should listen to that. Uh, you know what? This actually crossed my mind. On a side note, uh, speaking of corrections, uh, as Campbell, you know, so graciously uh, made a correction earlier in the podcast, uh, I do want to apologize for for any diehard fans of our podcast. We unfortunately, I, I promised a double oh, yeah. a double podcast week last week uh, for an interview with WayForward. We are unfortunately we're not able to record that interview uh, due to some personal issues that came up. Hopefully, down the line, we'll be able to get that interview in to talk about uh, Spider Sars, a game. That is fantastic. 
that we unfortunately were not able to talk about with the creators. Uh, so we'll save that interview for another time, perhaps down the line. Uh, so again, I'm just I'm I'm taking a moment to sit and reflect upon the uh, the lies that I spread last episode <laughs> when I promised a an extra podcast that week. So I do apo- I deeply apologize. I'll, I'll put a notes app apology on Twitter, uh, perhaps. And, uh, Thank you. Yes. Are you going to? That's do what we all big, deserve, right? Your big sigh of just. Oh like... yeah, yeah. We'll do. We'll do. A, we'll do. A, I'll record a, a video. <sighs> Uh, hey guys, um, I just want to apologize. Oh my god, can you yeah, imagine? P- post something on our YouTube channel for the first time in like a year. And just <laughs> <my apology. laughs> my, my, uh, my brother, who does occasionally enjoy the podcasts that are up, that are the few podcasts that are up on the YouTube channel, will be like, "What the what the hell is this?" <laughs> um, so uh, so that's that's listen, uh, Nintendo. They're having fun. They're releasing fun products. Thank you, Lego. I cannot wait to buy this this freaking Bowser set, which I did not know existed uh, for a few until a few hours ago, and now I'm like, well, I, I must have this. Uh, the Switch OLED model, on the other hand, for, for Splatoon 3, we'll take a pass on that, it sounds like, for now, even though it is very cool. Um, I'll say this, if you haven't... <laughs> okay, here's my, my extremely specific set of caveats. If you don't have a Switch, and you listen to this podcast for some reason, and you want to buy a Switch but you don't want to wait for the next Nintendo console, which will, you know, in all likelihood have some kind of backwards compatibility, but you do want the OLED version, then yeah, definitely get the Splatoon 3-inspired Switch OLED model. How about that? Or uh, is that if you win the lottery and you could just, you just spend money, just get it. Why not? It's only, it's not? only like, what, 360? 350. It's like, mm. it's like tissues, you know? It's like tissues, yeah. yeah. Listen, if, if you well, win the lottery... Yeah, if you win the lottery and you listen to this podcast, uh, send each of us $1,000 and buy yourself a Switch uh, Splatoon 3 OLED model. How about that? Yeah, exactly. You know, and with inflation running wild anyway, you know, it's $350 just for a box of tissues these days. Anywho. So, exactly. Yeah. It's one box of tissues, Campbell. What could it cost? Yeah, exactly. $1,000. Blow your nose on an OLED. Uh, just yeah. makes sense. I, I, I'm, I'm always saying this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're going to take a... We're gonna take a <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we're gonna come back. Uh, Mark's gonna give us a, a little a little review of a port he has been playing for the Switch, and then we'll uh, wrap it up with a uh, discussion of a fabulous RPG. But we'll come to that later. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Uh, stay tuned for Mark's thoughts on Klonoa, the Switch port. We're back, and breaking news: uh, we do have uh, a, a an announcement. We're going to talk about Klonoa. We're going to get there, but in, before then, uh, Pokemon Puzzle League. A, a this is an announcement specifically for Mark. Uh, Pokemon Puzzle League is coming to Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. Uh, a Nintendo sixty four Puyo Puyo style game with mm-hmm. Pokemon with 
the incredible anime. aesthetics with the anime. It's all it's all mixed in. Uh, Mark, how are you feeling right now? We we found this out Good. literally <laughs> the, this, the the second we clicked uh, stop recording to because we always break up the recording into, into sections. Uh, uh, somebody glanced at Twitter and was like, "Oh crap!" Like they're they're bringing Pokemon Puzzle League to the Switch. Uh, what is this is a surprise announcement to me? Uh, although I guess it shouldn't be a I don't know. It's it's I guess it's not a shocker, but it is like it's a delight. I'll say that. No, I'm kind of shocked. I would have never thought yeah. something like this would come back because it's one of like those not really licensed, but it's like those characters and stuff. I just wouldn't expect them to uh, make another appearance from the Pokemon '90s anime. Uh, yeah, like just putting you yeah. you know Ash, Brock, and Misty. They're like the main characters of that game. Putting them at least back on a Nintendo system. Right. I never yeah. thought that would happen. Yeah, no. I was just watching the trailer, and it felt kind of weird to see an official Nintendo trailer for an upcoming game showing Ash, Brock, and Cindy, and just like, wow, here we go. It's real. It's happening again. It's real. Yeah. It's happening. I'm excited. Ah, uh, wow! I've actually I never played this game. I remember reading about it in in Nintendo Power. Nintendo Power always had a section uh, devoted to Pokemon. They had kind of like a monthly. I don't know if you call it a column, but they always had like a couple pages devoted to like whatever was happening in the Pokemon world. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember Pokemon Puzzle League being being you know uh, kind of a big deal uh, when it came out. Um, so, I, but the point is, I never played this game. I'm I'm excited to uh, to try it out. What a, what a delight! Maybe we can devote some time to that uh, in a in a future episode. Along with Kirby uh, and the Crystal Shards, we got to do that. Too. I have been, I, I you know what? I have we'll been playing a little Kirby and the Crystal Shards. I have been playing. Yeah, a, it's a, a great uh, game. I love it. It's game. fun. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it's no Kirby in the Forgotten Land, but it mm-hmm. is it is a, a fun time for sure. Um, so yeah, looking forward to Pokemon Puzzle League coming out July fifteenth, which is next Saturday. No, Friday, Saturday. Next Friday. Oh, is it really coming out that soon? Uh, yeah, cool. next Friday, July 15th. Wow, cool. Uh, very exciting. Um, so yeah, if you're a Pokemon fan, if you're a fan of puzzle games, if you're a fan of Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, uh, you might have a great time with this. Um, now let's but, talk yeah, about disappointments. Let's talk about <laughs> We're going to yeah. bring it down, but we're going to bring it back up again at the end of the show. Um, Klonoa, is this is this port called anything special, Mark? Yes, it's called Klonoa Fantasy Revere Series, and it is uh, a bundle of Klonoa 1 and Klonoa 2. Right. And this is another Namco. Why did they do this? Like, it's yeah. two good games. I'm, I'm just going to say Klonoa 1 has aged a bit. Klonoa 2, still pretty great. But um, it, it's just, it's a shame because for Klonoa fans, they're getting an easy way to access two great games on modern consoles. Sure. But as a collection, again, like the Pac-Man collection we talked about two or three weeks back, it falls a bit short when it comes to actually being a celebration of Klonoa. Since Klonoa turns 25 this year and there's like nothing in this collection. It's just two HD games. That's it. Hmm. Which for a fan base that has been desperate for anything from this franchise, it's outside of right. like a cameo. Like, sure, it's great, but it feels like they honestly did the bare minimum. And it honestly sets like a bad impression for Pac-Man World coming out next month. Because hmm. th- these collections and remasters and they just keep coming out. And it's like, I, I feel like Namco didn't, they-, they put in the very minimal work. Which is a shame, because I feel like this should have been a celebration of the character Klonoa, and instead it's just not. It's just like, we put the two games in one package, and here you go. Like, 
whatever like the game has um it's really weird they updated the the graphics and some of the sound design but then other parts of the graphics and the sound design have not been updated like all the character voices sound like they were ripped off the ps1 and all the soundtracks sound hd so you have these two conflicting things and then the like the environmental sound effects just don't really go with the uh the orchestrations which are gorgeous and it's a very messy line but like it's still klonoa it's still good like if you're a fan of klonoa sure you're going to enjoy this but if you have other ways of playing it i mean i don't know like if you want it portably now on switch like you know great you had now have klonoa portably let the record show uh that the Express nintendo podcast uh does approve of playing games portably on switch uh just the, that's one that for the record uh mark does say that yes you can play your games portably good yes good continue i just like the, the disappointment like, in your you know. voice when you said great just great. good for you suckers <laughs> well it's that's tricky. the thing there's nothing added to this collection it should be well like it's a hard so let me 25 years and i'm gonna nothing. i'm gonna i'm gonna interrupt you for a second mark just to just to, to make a, a point of comparison um it makes me think of another collection that was recently released the sonic origins oh yes we need to <laughs> talk about that one yeah. we haven't even talked about that yet but we maybe we should, maybe this is the time to do that so like okay obviously the switch one of the best-selling nintendo consoles of all time if not the best-selling nintendo console of all time um everybody wants one uh it can go anywhere. It's it's a it's a truly pe- innovative piece of technology. Uh, developers and publishers naturally are like, great, port it to Switch. Like it'll sell. Like even if it's not a great port, it'll sell a bajillion copies because everybody has a Switch or wants a Switch. So as a result, a lot of the times, and we've talked about this on the podcast many times, you get these collections of games. And I think it's about 50-50, where it's some of them are, like, genuinely, like, like for example, the Castlevania collection, uh, somewhat recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not the Game Boy Advance one. The, not, I'm, not, I'm not thinking about the Game Boy Advance one, but I'm thinking about the one, the classic one, that had, like... Oh, well, Dragon. both of them are. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, both of yeah, them had like, all the extras. Dra- and exactly, it has all these yeah. extras. Uh, games that haven't, you know, haven't come to the West before. Like, some really cool stuff where it's like, wow, I'm so glad that I sprang for the brand new collection instead of... You know, just playing Super Castlevania Four on Switch Online or whatever. Like, some of these collections are going the extra mile, and then you get these other ones. Um, perhaps the Disney collection uh, with uh, like Aladdin and Lion King. Well, actually, those ones. Are, I, actually, I, I take that back because those ones are are pretty good. Uh, because at least you get all the versions of the game, and, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. Uh, but you know, collections like the what what Mark is just talking about right now. Um, this Klonoa collection, where y- you'd want you know like an art gallery minimum right like something yeah something like that or a soundtrack player or just something at the yeah bottom. also we didn't even talk about it klonoa is a 2.5d platformer it was during <laughs> an era where uh you know they talk about what, a, the, what the game actually yeah, is it's yeah, probably right. it's probably Wikipedia good to tell page. people what this is in case they don't yeah. know because we kind of just fair. jumped in because we, all we jump right in i'm sorry yeah. yeah klonoa is like this anthropomorphic um it's like it's a, a big... mix between a dog and a cat and a rabbit i don't really know how else to describe <laughs> yeah, the character I, I would um, just, yeah, goes I through dreams um very like very classic Namco. That's the best way to describe well, it. Well, it's a ma- it's a ma- it's a mascot platformer in an mm-hmm. era where mascot platformers were like a very big deal. So he's different mm-hmm. from Sonic. He's different from Crash. 
Um, he's like a like a big. It's like you just said. It's like a weird animal mix. He's got great big ears. Um, he can a jump. Man hat. Can yeah, jump. right. He can jump. He can jump. He can he can swing off of rings. Um, like mobility and momentum is like pretty important in these games. Yeah, so what kind makes of like, him what makes him special is that he can pick up objects and throw them, and that's how all the combat and jumping works in the game. So you have to think strategically with using every level is like super linear and it's about getting like a few collectibles and moving on to the next level and so on, get to the final boss, a few bosses in between, all that. But yeah, you just pick up enemies and you could throw them or you could deal like you can use them for like a double jump or there's just all sorts of ways to utilize your enemies. And sometimes they have like different uh, reactions when you throw them, which is it's a great, you know, it's a good game. But the collection itself is just lacking. It's it doesn't have much to it, which is a shame because the last Klonoa game was on the Wii. So I was kind of oh, expecting so, this to be like a big celebration of like twenty five yeah. years of Klonoa, and then meanwhile it's just uh, it's not. It, it's just two games. They made it HD. They didn't fix up a lot of the issues with it, and yeah, that's what you get. So, Mark, let me, let me jump in with a question here, because I have never played the Klonoa game before. And the only thing I know about Klonoa, and the only thing I've ever known about Klonoa, is just that he's a franchise that people really want to come back. And people really want ports of it, or remasters, remakes, new games, whatever. And now we finally have that. So, for, <laughs> for somebody who does not care whether it celebrates the history of Klonoa. You know, you've raised legitimate points about it being a lackluster co- uh, collection, but if you're not a hardcore fan, is this still a decent jumping-in point for the games, for the series? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm judging this release objectively based on being a collection, and I don't want to go too deep because, you know, people love Klonoa, some people hate Klonoa, and it's, like, one of those instances where it has, like, each both games have, like, a 90 on Metacritic, but... Hmm. When it comes to like the audience reaction, it's always been a little bit decisive. Some people think it's a bit slow and meanderish, and other people think that it's just really enjoyable and thought-provoking. But I, I think there's there's a lot of better platformers to play, in my opinion. Sure. It's still like it's a decent, it's like a decent enough game. You'll definitely finish it. It's fun, but it's nothing. I would say it's worth running out to go get unless you're like a Klonoa fan who's dying to have this on like a portable system or just on something with modern convenience or maybe you had it as a kid and you don't have it anymore and you want to replay it you get both of them in here it's just like one of those instances but it's a hard recommendation for anyone who's new to it because it's a cult following game and with that is usually you know you'll either love it or hate it that's gotcha. funny. I, yeah. I'm thinking specifically of my friend who is who is my age, uh, aka a billion years old, um, who who had a play who had a PlayStation One as a kid, hasn't played video games for 20 years, however long, and has like just recently gotten a Switch. I might be like, hey, Will, uh, the Klonoa uh, collection, it's out there for you if you want that, because I know that's a game that he had on his PlayStation as a kid. So it's like it's like people like that generation. <laughs> we didn't even, you know what I mean? We didn't even talk about that. It was on uh, the first one was on PlayStation, the second one yeah. was on PlayStation Two. Forgot yeah. to mention. That. Oh yeah, it's, it was. It, I think <laughs> we just dove right in. Dove right in. Uh, yeah, we, we did for a bad such job a setting this up. We, we yeah we did a bad job setting this up. Um, do you know? I don't know anything about the Wii version was it, it was like, like a, a remake? remake of yeah it yeah. was a remake of the first game which is That's not included here this one is um 
You know, it's weird. This one's like a hybrid of like the Wii one and the PlayStation. I don't really know like the whole history of Klonoa one. Like the second one is definitely ripped right from the PS2 remastered. Mm -hmm. But the first one, it kind of seems like a mix of the two. Maybe it's because there's like new cutscenes or something that they added. I, I need to look at it like specifically I, i'm obviously going to before i publish my review but um uh i would yeah, hope so, it's like mark <laughs> <laughs> as the person who's probably uh, going to edit your review i would hope you do that too yeah but uh <laughs> oh there's nothing God. there's from knowing people who've played you know klonoa and it's um there's nothing new in this collection which is kind of a shame but right, it's gotcha. you know I'm sure it's like a hybrid of some version of Klonoa because there's been multiple re-releases of the first game. Oh yeah, yeah. That's and that's the hard part. Like, and again, if if this is one of those collections that like made it explicitly clear, like, hey, here's what you're getting. Here's the differences. You can play the Wii version. You can play the original PlayStation version. You can play the the HD upscale. Like, it would be awesome if this collection did something like that, but it sounds like it's pretty bare bones. You get the two games, kind of HD graphics, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Or they might yeah. have just changed the cutscenes in the first one. They might have just, like, made know. them more um, in line with, like, the graphics, like, the 3D environments. Mm. I don't like really know. Resolution but, or something like that. Yeah, stuff like that. Just, like, changing up the camera direction a little bit. But overall, they didn't, they didn't really touch these games up. <laughs> Gotcha. Right. You know, really, Mark, the more you talk about this, the more it just sounds like a carbon copy almost of the Wonder Boy collection that I talked about a few weeks <laughs> oh, back. Oh, sure. Yeah, and, and yeah. Even in terms of the games that are included, because I would not recommend picking up the Wonder Boy collection if you have no sentimental attachment to the Wonder Boy series, if it doesn't mean anything to you. They're perfectly fine platformers, but not worth the hassle of going through an imperfect collection for it. And similarly, in terms of baffling exclusions and things that aren't included in it, at least it doesn't seem like Namco is hiding the Wii version of the game behind a special limited edition this time around. But mm. um, <laughs> yeah, it's so disappointing to see these collections, nonetheless, even if I have no personal attachment to Klonoa, uh, knowing what could what could have been for this collection, with the celebration it could have been, it's always a shame to see those missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. And the only see- the only great part is these games are like worth a for, like a like a fortune online. So if you're gonna try and go get the original copies, <laughs> like no no shot unless if you're willing to shell out the money so so this it is a financially a, it's, it's responsible a, decision yeah, to buy it is that's <laughs> that's what it is it's you know financially responsible to buy this one if yes. you don't want to shell out like 300 bucks for the original two i'd rather shell out 300 bucks and a little more for a nintendo switch oled model <laughs> so that we could be a cool kid <laughs> The, the Klonoa edition of the uh, OLED model. <laughs> the Klonoa edition, yes, of course. Um, extremely funny. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. It sounds like it's, it's I don't know, maybe it's a Namco thing. I don't know. Like, It's weird. They're releasing yeah. so many. Also, this collection in Japan is under the Namco um, Encore series, which is like what they call these re-releases. A lot of them go under that name. But for the West, they gave it this longer title. Which I don't understand why, but it's Namco, so... Mark, can you just read that subtitle again for us? Yes, it is um, Klonoa... I can't even remember it off the top of my head. It was like... Kl- that's so funny. It's Klonoa... Wait, wait. Klonoa Fantasy Revere Revere? Reverie, maybe? Reverie? 
Reverie. Okay, my question it's is, too long. what does that it mean? Been, my question what called... does that mean? What do yeah, those is... three words mean in conjunction to... with each other? Yeah, to be clear, this is a terrible name for this collection. I mean, it really <laughs> does sound like... Fantasy, Fantasy PH, not Fantasy with an F. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, Klonoa Fantasy Reverie Series. That's Fantasy a, this... Reverie. Oh, it's a series, too. It's That's... a series. A series yeah, well, it's a series. Games. A series of two games. Yeah. Such a series. They... <laughs> It would have been better if they just called it duology, you know, uh, fantasy reverie duology. That's, or how about just off Klonoa Encore, like what they called it in Japan? How about Klonoa Collection? Like, <laughs> why not that? Call it Collection with a, with a K, maybe. I was about to say, fun. it's got to gotta have a K in there, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like if you're a diehard Klonoa fan and you haven't had a Switch, you haven't played this game in a while and you have a Switch, like, maybe it's worth picking up. If not, perhaps wait um, sale you know, maybe price. watch yeah. sale price. Maybe watch some gameplay videos. See if this game is for you. Um, because uh, Mark, that's an interesting point that you bring up. Because, like, truthfully, and like, no, no disrespect to Klonoa, there are so many good platformers on Switch. It's yeah, like that's really the problem. It's, it's unbelievable. There's so yeah. many that it's like, why would I? When I always play these collections, like even when we talked about Pac-Man, it's always a case of why would I want to replay these games? Right. And are they like captivating me? And I I feel like with this one, after we just like, after, you know, we just got Kirby, we just got, you know, Mario 3D World last year. And it's like, there there's Crash Bandicoot. There's like, there's so many great platformers on Switch that I was kind of just like playing it sitting there. And I was like, why why am i playing this when it's like there are so many fantastic alternatives you know there are so many moments like that when you're reviewing games or just like why am i here what led me to this moment and that's when like, you know still, it's not the still greatest good game games yeah there's still good games but like i feel like you really have to be a klonoa fan or you have to have grown up with this to really like enjoy it you know like yeah, all I was thinking is like get me back in Kirby. <laughs> like, yeah, please. which is hard. It's 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 so hard when and again not to make like the direct comparison, but this this series did originate on PlayStation and and, and you can tell. Uh, and again, I'm not. I, I don't know. I don't have to. I, I don't have to couch this. What am I talking about? Klonoa is definitely a a response to Nintendo games, like. Mm-hmm. Like, historically, that's what it was. Like, mascot platformers, we can do that. So they came up with Klonoa. Uh, it's no Mario. It's no Kirby. It's 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 simply not. Um, it's still which, good. But it's like, still good. It's yeah. different. But it's like, it's like if you're looking for the, the pure, like, the, the company that invented the platformer, then it's like, yeah, like, you're going to go with one of those. I don't know. <laughs> Again, <laughs> if you have nostalgia for Klonoa, it's like, right. you'll enjoy it. Like, no, no duh. But if you didn't, I, I just can't really recommend it. I just, I yeah. don't think it's as fantastic. You know, we, we reviewed Mario Galaxy, you know, 3D All-Stars. And it's like, that game, like, that is a platformer that still yeah. holds up just as well when it came out. And That's I feel right. like with these games, it's like the controls are like a little stiff. They're not that perfect, especially in the first game. But it's like, you know, and then meanwhile, it's like, oh, look, Mario Odyssey. <laughs> right. <laughs> or like literally oh, even other collections, Crash Bandicoot, again, insane trilogy. Yeah. It's like three PlayStation games that were remastered, and it's like look how much effort they put there. And right, or like the or like the Spyro, you know, the Spyro. Yeah, yeah, Spyro collection. Yeah, the Toys for Bob people. It's the shame that this game is just. 
it's just two games bundled together and it's like if you're a fan of klonoa you'll like it if not i don't know i i'd say maybe put it on a wish list maybe you'll remember fair enough otherwise else i can't really recommend it i i think that's fair mark and again we don't listen we i know i think oftentimes we are very enthusiastic about games but also we gotta you know guys we gotta be real like sometimes you just gotta tell the truth and mark i I appreciate your your honest opinions um anything else we want to shout out about the klonoa collection and i'm damn saying that with a k uh before we take one more quick break and uh end up and uh, wrap up the show what is the price of this game forty dollars no shot is it 30, really? 39.99. Oh, that is a hard recommendation then. Yeah. For me personally, considering yeah. Crash Bandicoot collection you can get for like 15-20 bucks right now. And again, frequently on sale. Yes. Yeah. You can also get Donut County for like 2 bucks, right? I'm now. saying. <laughs> so, I'm saying. I'm saying. So we'll, we'll we'll take a pause there. Uh, financial can, responsibility. <laughs> the, yes, yes, again, this podcast is brought to you by Financial Responsibility. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break, come back, talk about a free demo. Again, it's free. It's a uh, financial responsibility decision. <laughs> uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. So we, rather than end the show uh, on, a, on perhaps a less than positive note, we wanted to uh, kind of talk about a demo that we've all been playing of a remat oh boy, a remade Japanese RPG called Live Alive, which is from 1994, 1997. Um, it's an old RPG that is being remade exclusively exclusively for the Switch. It's coming out later this month, but Nintendo um, and the publisher, the developer, I should say, released a demo of the first few chapters of this game, much like the Dragon Quest XI demo or the Octopath Traveler demo. It will carry over, or the Triangle Strategy demo from a while back, um, it'll carry over your save progress into the finished uh, product of the game. So we, we've all put a little time into this demo, and uh, what are our thoughts and feelings, uh, gentlemen? Uh, Campbell, I, I kind of want to save you for last because I know you have the most experience with this game. Okay, fine. Right, because you, you want uh, me to uh, go first. If you, Mark, why don't you go first? What, what, do you, what do you think about this? After Triangle Strategy put me to sleep, this one has caught my interest, but I, it's it's something I won't pick up. <laughs> you don't think so? Interesting. It's, okay, it's pretty good though. Like I was enjoying what I what I played of it. I got to play the um, the Edo Japan chapter. I have no sure. idea what it was uh, actually subtitled in the menu itself, but uh, it was interesting. The only thing again is they all talk like this, and it really gets on my nerves. <laughs> sure. Well, that, I mean, that's that's the kind of thing where the the original release of this game, obviously, uh, didn't have voice acting. So it's the kind of thing where, like, for me, just 
just skip past that shit. Like, who, who cares? Like, <laughs> literally, yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, like, like I don't know. That, that's that's a. It's an interesting. It's an interesting point to bring up, Mark, because I do agree. Although I played the uh, the Imperial China chapter. Um, oh, you know what? We should so we should stop here. We're doing the thing again where we're not talking about what this game is. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, okay, so live alive. The demo gives the player the options very similar to Octopath Traveler. You, the player, upon starting this game, can choose between several different protagonists and play through their story. Each of their stories is set in a different time period. Uh, so, as Mark alluded to, there is a... I believe the chapter is called The Twilight of Edo, Japan. Uh, so, you're, you're following a character in, in uh, feudal Japan. Uh, I played a chapter that is set uh, in Imperial China. You're following a, a Kung Fu master in Imperial China. Um, there's another chapter set in the distant future. You're, you're playing a character, uh, a, a, an AI, not an AI, but a robot um, in the far future on a spaceship. So all these different um, chapters are following different protagonists. Um, and I imagine, and again, Campbell, I'm gonna, I want you to hold on to your, because I'm sure you want to jump in and, and explain to me what's going on. I imagine that all of these plot lines are going to intersect at some point or in some capacity. Uh, but as at least in the demo, you don't get very much of that. You only get about maybe 45 minutes or an hour. Um, you kind of get like the first little chunk of story before the demo for that particular uh, time period or that character ends. Um, it's it's an RPG, so you're you're exploring areas, you're talking to townspeople, you're engaging in, I would call it turn-based combat. It is very similar to Act of Time Battle from Final Fantasy games. It reminded me a lot of Final Fantasy VI, and I know we mentioned this as on our JRPG um, extravaganza last week's episode. Uh, I was reminded a lot of a couple of other RPGs, Saga, the Saga Frontier series in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Grandia here as well, just in terms of uh, like the way the battle system works. You can Our kind of move around. Classic, the, yeah, Ayudin Chronicles. Oh, of oh course, yeah, the the, yeah, the historical uh, franchise, the famously historical franchise, Ayudin Chronicle Rising. Um, no, uh, so it's a, it's an RPG to its core. Like you are talking to characters. You're 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 fiddling with menus. You're, you know, putting equipment on your characters and trying to get the best stats. Uh, but because this is a remake in the HD 2D style, kind of that Octopath Traveler triangle strategy style, it, I gotta say, it's kind of ruined older RPGs for me. Like after oh, spending yeah. a couple a couple hours of this demo, I was like, God damn, I it'll be tough to go back. To like, I have a lot of classic RPGs on my PlayStation Vita, um, and it's it's tough to go back and be like, man, I sure wish this was HD 2D instead of just straight up like old school graphics. Imagine playing um, the Final Fantasy VI after this. You know, it'll just look I, like paper cutouts yeah. at best, really. Whereas, yeah. yeah, it's ruined. But uh, I, I guess I guess I'll turn it over to you, Campbell, because um, <laughs> you played through. You know, through means we will not disclose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you played a-, a ROM of this game, is that right? Uh, that's actually not right. Oh, uh, I'm a liar. Yeah, you're you're a liar. I, uh, a live a liar, perhaps. I'm um, a live a liar. Yes. Yeah. No. I, I I may have played other RPGs through means that we shall not discuss, but ah um, uh, yes. never this one because well, firstly, it never came out in the West, so there. That's correct. So you would have to download like a, a fan patch 
along with the ROM of the game to get it to work, and it was just, I don't know, my, my, it's a my lot piracy of it's a lot has, of effort, has yes. limits, but I've been interested in the game for so long, and I've read about it, heard about it before, and it just always sounded so fascinating to me as, like, a pre-Octopath Traveler, basically, following yes. a very similar concept in terms of literally eight separate characters having their own standalone stories that eventually intertwine, and finally getting my getting my chance to go hands-on with the game in an official capacity you know it's really incredible and first things first yeah. is like you know once again being a cool kid having this, the switch oled for about a, a little under a week now i'll say that huh. this this demo is a wonderful showcase of the oled screen yeah. like yeah. it is stunning visually and even though this is a remake of a 1994 game it feels strangely cinematic even more so than modern games like octopath traveler like it has a lot of and really mess around with like different camera angles and cinematic scenes and compositions there's a really cool opening movie the opening of the edo period um uh, chapter has this really um, like really cool looking cinematic where it's zooming in on various sections of the environment it feels like they're really pushing the limits of the hd2d style and they're starting to experiment with it more and applying that to a remake is is so fascinating so and on top of that i played through all three chapters that are in this demo and through doing that you get really get a feel for how varied the whole package is going to be because each chapter even though they, they technically share a similar combat system or a similar graphical style, they feel com like completely different games altogether yeah. and different styles because, you know, the Edo period um, chapter that Mark played, you have a stealth mechanic. You can opt out to completely avoid fighting enemies altogether. You can just mm -hmm. hide, hide from them, and that's cool. Then, meanwhile, the... Uh, ancient china chapter about a kung fu master that's probably the most traditional jrpg -y of the bunch where you're going around you're collecting disciples you're fighting random animals in the in the forest as one does uh, but then there's the you know yeah but then on top of that the future chapter where you're that little robot there's no combat at all in that aside from one like arcade mini game you can play but there's no mm -hmm. combat in it and even not even any music in it either it's just all about just drama and character development and seeing these three separate approaches to the game going on at once it's so fascinating to see it all in a single package and um i i will say that the demo knows exactly where to cut off each chapter as well because i'm hooked mm -hmm. by the end of each one especially with the the uh the future chapter like it ended on such a cliffhanger as well <laughs> yeah so it's it's so fascinating to get hands-on with it and i cannot wait for the full package yeah it's um yeah i mean again not to belabor the point but it's like damn i wish more classic games looked like this it makes me extremely it makes me even more excited for the dragon quest 3 right um uh, thing that they're doing like mm -hmm. I, like I, i'm gonna lose my mind when i play that game but yeah but this is this is a fantastic game um yeah it's uh it's I'm I don't know I'm I'm extremely curious to see how they tie everything together, right? Um, I think it's I think it feels to me a little less straightforward than like a Chrono Trigger. Chrono mm -hmm. Trigger is is a pretty like a Chrono Trigger revolutionary game for its time. Like to be clear, uh, classic Super Nintendo RPG. Um, and Chrono Trigger was still at the end of the day like you're following one protagonist. Like even though there's all these different characters, there's all these different timelines, you're still following you know Chrono and his party. And it's kind of like your standard saving the world story. And this one, so far at least, the stories do feel smaller, more personal. Um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm incredibly intrigued to see if and how they they tie back together. I, I never... Did you guys play Octopath? Hell yeah. That was like my oh, no. favorite game of 2018. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, I, I've I, never played it. Um, it's it's on Game Pass, so it's like I have it downloaded. I've just never... I've never like pulled the trigger on it just yet. It went um, to Xbox? Really? Yeah. No, it's on I everything. Mean, it's, yeah, it's, multi, it's it multi-platform. A, it was yeah, a it's exclusive at first, and then it's gradually come gotcha. to other platforms. But yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. Octopath is... Truly a fantastic game, and that's well, why so, uh, I became so, interested in Live Alive to begin so with. So let me ask you, Campbell. Mm-hmm. So one of the uh, a criticism that I remember being levied at Octopath Traveler was that the story some some people who played the game thought the storylines did not intersect between the eight protagonists did not like you know uh, uh, link up together very right. cohesively. Would you say that? Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. The way they handled the story in that game was terrible. <laughs> Just it was really bad. Wow. And yet indivi- you were still intrigued. Yes, because to- the individual characters, the individual stories are incredible like there are moments in say Ulbrich the night story like there's moments in that narrative that still resonate with me years later like oh, as wow. some of the coolest moments in an RPG that I've played um, there's a lot that they do really well in the individual personal storytelling it's just that they did nothing literally almost nothing to connect the stories together when you add members to your party it's not like there's a scene where the characters meet each other and then they explain their stories and they start building relationships it's like no you just walk up to the character and there's a do you want this character to join your party box that shows up you click yes and then there you go they're part of your party now they just don't interact at all so it was very stilted that way i see and then reading all the criticisms of it and some people being like hey there's this you know japanese only rpg that handled this concept much better called live alive Uh, from and again from decades 20 20 plus years ago 28 years ago exactly 26 or however long it is um it's pretty stunning like right I don't know. I, I hope I hope that the end product is as good as this demo has kind of led me to believe. Um, I think I, I, in contrary to Mark, I think I might. I don't know. I don't know if this will be a day one purchase, but I, I think I will pick this one up. Um, you know, when I have a spare several dozen hours to play a new RPG. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you oh, something God. that will sell you on this, Cameron. This is a oh. short RPG. It's Go like on. twenty hours or so. Oh, Campbell. Yeah, I know. Campbell. I know. That I just I'm still not convinced. I just <laughs> relaxed, Mark, this isn't relaxed into my chair. <laughs> I just put my hands behind my head. That that genuinely mm-hmm. makes me oh, happy. Yeah. Cuz I have got a long um, I'm going out of town at the end of this month and I have a long plane ride ahead of me. And uh, that's that's going to eat up about half the half the uh, half the flight right there. So I'm looking forward to that. There you go. Wow. Damn, that's great. Um, I know. So that's it's, well, and, and on top of that, it you know it does that thing of like it has it has auto save. It has right. a button you can press to to equip all your recommended equipment. Like it it has all those modern touches. It has voice acting. It, you know, regardless of how you feel about the voice acting, I think the, the voice acting isn't terrible. It's well. I'll again, like, I, no, I, it's, it's not it's not, not terrible. I will say, but it's not great. It's not great, especially for the uh, feudal Japan and ancient China ones, where I think they almost leaned a little too hard into stereotypes with some it's of the voice tough. acting. It's, it's like it's like, it's like, it's oh. one of those things where it's like. Oh, are these voice actors like what are you doing guys like, like i'm pretty I don't sure know. all these are just like white dudes in their 40s yeah and <laughs> trying to sound like it's... kung fu masters but well that and it's it's that like like to, to to talk about the 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 china chapter um like of course you meet like a spunky you know a spunky 
teenage <laughs> girl who's a thief, and her her whole thing is like, no way, like I would never, like it's like it's <laughs> also it's so. And yeah, on top of that, um, the music is fantastic. I the love the rearranged soundtrack, but yeah. the battle theme for ancient China is literally the Chinese riff. It's a little... Yeah. It's like, they it's... really have to do that. Did they they, have they to did it. <laughs> they, they sure did it, Campbell. As soon as I heard that, I was like, they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> the more battles, uh... like, they actually did. Okay, well... I do have to interrupt really quick with uh, some breaking news that someone what? just messaged me with just now. Even uh, more. Persona 5 music will be in the new Taiko no Tatsuna Gen. Oh so my god. Whoa. Two weeks Whoa. in a row. Bruh. Yeah. Bruh. Okay. Taiko news. Wow. And Kirby okay. Star Allies will also have music and the Forgotten Land, you, I believe. Damn. You've got to be kidding me. All of that in one. Huh. Wow. That's Wait, amazing. That's the new. So there's a new one coming out? Or is that being added to the current Taiko? No, the new Taiko game. That comes okay. out in September. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I suddenly I'm sold on this. <laughs> so, again, much like much, much like how we didn't know that this Lego Bowser set existed, uh, now I guess we're all going to rush to pre-order this uh, new Taiko no Tatsujin yeah. game. Now, now really, also, I Klonoa nev- will also be in it, I just found out. Thank God. Okay, never mind, pre-order canceled. <laughs> no, I just told you the Klonoa music was really no, great. No, but the collection sucked, therefore I shall forsake Klonoa forever. <laughs> Well, you got to have consistency here. Otherwise, what are we mm-hmm. even doing? Yeah, right. Um, the consistency Nintendo podcast. That's what we call it. Uh, <laughs> so the point is, Live Alive, fantastic free demo. Um, you've got nothing to lose. If you've got, like, again, each chapter is about 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Um, it's It does, like, despite it being a, a decades-old RPG, I think it has some very interesting conventions. Uh, the the the, uh, the way the plot is broken up. Even the battle system, again... Not every chapter or every character protagonist has, you know, traditional battles. But the, the battles that I played were like very cool. In the in yeah. the specifically in the, in the China chapter, I was like, wow, like is they're doing some some interesting tile based um, active time battle stuff, and it's 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 interesting to see. So I'm I'm really intrigued to see how they flesh that out um, in the remaining the, the rest of the game. Uh, you've got nothing to lose if you like old school RPGs and you want to see. What a what a cool modern feeling remake looks like. Definitely check out this demo. Uh, but uh, I guess avoid the Klonoa collection. Check out the Live Alive demo. Uh, and if you have Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, go download Pokemon Puzzle League uh, next week. And if you have three hundred fifty dollars to spend, you know, become a cool kid. I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find some of my writing over on Goombastop.com. My most recent piece is a review of The Quarry, a uh, game I enjoyed very, very much over on the PlayStation 5 and available on other platforms as well. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I'm at ActionDaxon. Mark, where can people find you? You can find me at the Markel, but of course, Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find me over on Instagram and Twitter right now up on the website. Uh, I got a few things up. You can, of course, read my review for Klonoa. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the whole name because I've already messed it up like eight <laughs> times. You can read that. Uh, over on Tilt Magazine, Umbrella Academy, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And yeah, I'll have a lot of stuff up uh, coming soon to the website. Also, I do want to shout it out, but uh, Brent and Matt wrote a fantastic piece on the story so far for Xenoblade Chronicles, and it's the longest mm-hmm. article we've ever published. Awesome. So oh, wow. go check those out, because they're like, an, if you need a story recap before the third game, it's literally everything. Awesome. That's great. That's, that's good to know, because uh, the, the famously 
lore-heavy series, it's like... I don't know. For a lot of people, it's very overwhelming to get into a big JRPG oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, so it's it's good that they, they did... I'm not saying it's a brief summary, but it's good that they've put a summary so far. That's extremely good shout out, uh, Mark. Uh, uh, Campbell, what about yourself? Are you are, are you anywhere on the internet? No, I am nowhere on the internet, especially yeah, not good. on this web app that we are currently using to record this podcast. Um, <laughs> but if I were on the internet, you could probably find me over at GoombaStomp.com, which is where you can find all my indie games writing. Uh, my most recent article is a review of TMNT Shredder's Revenge. It's an absolutely delightful game. Go check it out. Uh, I'll have a new indie game spotlight up this weekend as well. Um, and if you want to catch up with me on social media, hypothetically, if I were on social media, you could find me on Twitter at Campbell S. Gill, uppercase CSG. Lovely. Uh, and and then Express Nintendo Podcast is also uh, theoretically on social media. We are on Twitter at Express Nintendo. Make sure you rate, review, all that good stuff over on your podcast app of choice. More engagement is better for all of us, uh, including you. Uh, so thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.